like nostalgic movie review from nerdy married man welcome back to the show yes or welcome i mean it could be the first time could welcome for the first time <laughs> but yes we are new and nostalgic um we review a different movie for you every week and we hope you guys watch along with us Oh yeah, this week we are looking at We Are Your Friends, starring yes. Zac Efron. This was my bad pick, just because it's critically rated badly, not because I necessarily rated badly. This movie was made in uh, 2015, it's rated R, and it is an hour and 36 minutes long. Along with Zac Efron as the main character Cole, we also have Wes Bentley, Emily Ratajkowski, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Johnny Weston, Shiloh Fernandez, and Alex Schaefer, yes. main people. And critic scores for this movie is a 39% and an audience score of 42%. So not a huge gap there. Actually pretty <laughs> close to it. Um, one fun fact about this movie, the director of this movie, Max Joseph, is actually the host of the MTV show Catfish. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he actually had to miss out, I think, on the first five episodes of season four because of filming this movie. <laughs> I mean, good for him. He uh, found a project to work on. He was dedicated. Um, some other fun cameos we have in this movie. We have, uh, if you guys know, the Vine star, and he was also on movies like The Babysitter, The Babysitter 2, and a couple other movies, but King Ruck is in this movie. He is actually in the club at the beginning of the movie. He is. I did notice him there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if this one's necessarily a cameo because uh, he plays a little bit bigger of a part, but uh, John Bernthal is also in this movie for uh, all you fans of the Marvel TV show Punisher and or uh, his character Shane on The Walking Dead. Yep. Yep, he is definitely an asshole in this movie. He's definitely, like... I wouldn't say just like a small character, but he's definitely like pretty important to the main characters side wise. Yeah, like their their side quest of the movie, if you will. Yeah. Um, other famous cameos we have in this, we have uh, famous DJs Dylan Francis, Alessio, and Nicky Romero in this movie. And that's really cool. Uh, actually, uh, to prepare for the movie, Zac Efron uh, took lessons from Alessio. Aless yeah. Uh, whatever is um, A L E S S O. To learn DJing and uh yeah, his cameo at the there's a pool party scene where uh Zach has to step away and he has this person take over from DJing. It's like, oh that's really funny. <laughs> Can you watch this for me for a sec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I how did you feel about this movie? First impressions. Um at first I was just I, I wasn't sure what I was watching at first. Uh you know, I, I really dug the music. It had a good groove throughout most of the movie. Um, but I kind of... The movie felt kind of long to me and it, almost boring, even though it was fun music. So I, I kind of felt indifferent about this movie. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I personally love this movie. Um, this is one that I can see all the faults in this one. <laughs> like I, I I know they're there, but the way this pieces together and the way it ends for me, if it didn't end the way it did, and I'll explain it more in spoilers and stuff, I would have hated this movie. Okay, yeah, I look forward to hearing what your take is on that ending. Um, one thing I guess we forgot to do a little bit, whoops, is uh, we didn't do our plot synopsis. Oh, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and read that plot. Caught between a forbidden romance 
and the expectations of his friends, aspiring DJ Cole Carter attempts to find the path in life that leads him to fame and fortune. So, like, uh, that explains it. He's a DJ, up-and-coming DJ. He's pretty young, early 20s, and he's just trying to find his place in the world and, you know, find that one big hit song to get his career going. Yeah. I think, if I remember right, one of the things he says throughout the movie is, all you need to be a DJ is a small, like, talent level of knowing a little bit of music, having those life moments, having the little bit of aspiration you need to go for your goal, and just having that one song. Gotta have that one hit, you know, to kickstart your career. And if that one song is strong enough, that one song is real enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it can't just be a one-off uh, by-the-number song. It has to, you know, have some feeling come from the heart. Oh, yeah. Which I, I can definitely agree with. Like, there's definitely some people out there that had that one song that blew them up. Like, you think about Justin Bieber with Baby. <laughs> like, he blew up after that song came out. See, sometimes those big songs kickstart their career and make them even bigger. And then some people only have those, you know, one-off smash hits. And then you <laughs> yeah. don't really hear much else about them, minus a few other things. But The one-hit wonders. Yeah, the one-hit wonders. <laughs> I guess we can go into our scores for this movie. All right, what would you rate it? So for me, I actually rated this movie an 86. 86, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I love this movie. I've seen this movie probably around 10 times now. I've showed this to lots of different friends and family members. This is a movie for me. Um, I actually showed this to our wedding photographer, that we had. Her name was Journey. We were really good friends. And one time I invited her over and watched it, and she said it was one of her top five movies of all time after watching it. That's awesome. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> Which, actually, seeing all the reviews, I was like, why is this movie so hated? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, highlights within the movie, but uh, as far as my score, I was definitely probably quite a bit lower than you. I'm, I'm closer to the audience score. Uh, Definitely, probably about, uh, I'd say a 52% Okay. Me. This This movie, it just did not uh, hit that chord with me. I, I dug a lot of things out of the movie, but there were a lot of faults that just pulled me out of the movie, and it yeah. didn't work for me. One of the things I think about this movie um, is that if you are not into this style of music, if you're not into this particular lifestyle, if you haven't had mm. some of these experiences in your life, then I don't think this movie hits as hard for you. And, I mean, that could be true. I mean, I, I do enjoy EDM quite a bit. It's really fun to listen to. But, yeah, just something about this movie just is throwing me off. I'm... Like, I feel like the people of my friend groups that I showed this to, the people who are actually, like, people that have gone to raves and stuff are the people who like this movie. The and people really who <laughs> listen to the music kind of like it's kind of in the middle of the road and then people who just hate the music hate the movie see yeah <laughs> like for me it wasn't the music it was more the story that i just it's slow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the other really cool things i love about this movie is the end song that he plays his one song is actually played throughout the entire movie he is building it from the very first scene you hear a piece of it 
and then you'll hear another piece of it, and then you'll hear another piece of it, and then it finally builds up. And this is kind of part of what I was alluding to earlier. One of the things that I absolutely loved about this movie. The building of the song throughout the entire movie, subtly in the background. Oh, yeah, just throughout as he's recording various <laughs> different things throughout the playtime of the movie. It's really cool how he puts it all together at the end. Yeah. Um, so I guess... We will tell you our next week movie, and then we will go ahead and go into spoilers. So next week, we are doing another remake versus original, and this is David's pick for remake versus original. Oh, yeah. The uh, 1984 A Nightmare on Elm Street versus the 2010 remake. Yes. Very excited for that episode. It's going to be a fun one. I'm not entirely sure where you can watch this one. I know you can rent it on any of the normal sites. You could rent them on any normal sites, plus uh, the whole Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is being streamed on HBO Max right That's now. That's right. I forgot. It. They, didn't they have that recently? Uh, yeah, they, had, they did. <clears throat> nice. So, all right, from here we will move on into spoiler territory. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting stuff. <laughs> All right, so uh, tell me about some of your highlights and downfalls of this movie. The quintessential, probably best part of this movie is the PCP drug scene. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I did like that scene within that house of like the art exhibit. Yeah. And I really dug the animated visuals of that scene. It was just really beautiful and like the style. and It was really like, cool watching like the animation melt onto his body as he becomes animated <laughs> himself. I don't recommend people doing drugs i'm not saying that but i would love to have a kind of trip like that <laughs> just seeing everything become an animated like cartoon with the brightest colors like that would just be really cool like, like if i could take that without any side effects yeah depending on I, or without getting in any trouble i would if that was happening in front of my eyes i don't know if i would like think it was awesome or if i would just be <laughs> shitting my pants going what is happening <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I definitely don't condone drug use, but I'm a pot smoker and uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love a lot of the feelings and stuff of that stuff. But yeah, I just think that scene is just, it's so unique. It's so cool. It's very reminiscent of the old AHA Take On Me music video. Oh yeah, that's such a classic video. Exactly. I think <laughs> that's kind of what it was paying an homage to because it had similar art styles to it. Oh Yeah. And just the whole paintings coming to life thing was just like the comic coming to life in that music video. So I thought that was a really cool touch. Um, one of my favorite, like, funny lines in this movie, one of the characters, uh, the horn dog of the group, uh, the guy that Zekafron lives with. Yeah. He's like, your body is 85% water and I am thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Some of the lines in this movie are so dumb, and some of them are just, like, really funny. Um, like, in that PCP scene, James, he, uh, Zacharphon's trying to get James's attention. He's like, James, this painting is alive. No, that's just the PCP talking. Because <laughs> he, like, he, he didn't know he took PCP. He <laughs> thought he was just smoking weed, because he tried to give him a spliff earlier. Which, for those of you who don't know, a spliff is uh, a joint with tobacco in it. It's a very French thing, which is why he makes that French reference. What are you, French? And, like, you don't mix your tobacco with your weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the production company of this movie. I've seen it a few times. A working title production. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun production. That's pretty cool. 
Well, what are the things you liked or didn't like about this? Uh, a lot of things I liked. Uh, of course, that uh, animated visual scene of that, that drug sequence is fun. I really liked Zac Efron in this movie. Uh, it's probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. And then the music was fun. I also thought his co-star, Wes Bentley, who played James, just phenomenal job. He, oh, yeah. He just is so much fun to watch. Um but my absolute favorite part of this movie is they're at this uh, pool scene where uh, mm, yes. Cole is DJing, and he goes through this sequence of explain, explaining how he can control a crowd with music, and he explains beats per minute and the heart and everything and the different styles of music and how each style affects the people's body differently. And he just goes – he, like, breaks it down scientifically, and it's just such a cool scene – yeah. How he breaks it all down with the BPMs. It really showed like how much research he's put into this and how much research he's put into controlling and manipulating people with sound. Yeah. And when he talks about that that golden heart rate of 128 beats per minute. Exactly. <laughs> and stuff like that. It's Perfect just so spot. <laughs> really it's a really, really cool scene. And of course, Emily Rodzikowski, which she was in Gone Girl. Oh was another was movie she? she was in. Oh. And uh, another the first place most people saw her was uh the what is it video there's a robin thick music video with pharrell i think it's it may be lucky or one of the other songs they did together i'm not sure what songs they did together <laughs> but she's in that music video very famously um yeah that scene is really really awesome just the way that they go about all of it and i love how they do talk about all the different styles of edm techno dubstep reggae um yeah. hardcore <laughs> i don't know how you dance a hardcore <laughs> right like, you just thrash into everyone that's what you do um, um one of the things i also really loved is just like the him and squirrel towards the end of the movie like their talks that they had them smoking weed on the beach and that being like one of the best escapes like i can say for myself that's one of my favorite things i've ever done i just love just going and smoking a joint on the beach Oh, really? <laughs> someone I love. Um, it's just one of the best things ever. And when Squirrel talks about wondering if they're good people and if they're ever going to be better than this, and that being his like drive and motivation, like, I am a really piece of shit. I'm, a, I'm working in a piece of shit job, doing piece of shit things to innocent people. I don't like who I am, I don't like what I'm doing, and I need to do better in my life. That was probably the only scene that gave me a lot of character development for Squirrel. Other than that, it's he's kind of just there in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that can that actually leads uh, kind of towards my downfalls for the movie. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the movie as a whole just kind of feels really slow and boring at times. It just feels like nothing's happening. Um, even though there is a story going on, he's trying to build himself up with his friends and his career and try to find this song. And it just feels like there's not much going on. But with that, as we were talking about Squirrel, that one scene, they have this passionate talk about their lives and it feels really cool. But throughout the rest of the movie, Squirrel is kind of just, he's present and he says a few other things. And at the point where Squirrel dies, I just don't feel like that death was earned. That scene wanted me to be sad and depressed, but I just don't feel like the character got built up. So when it actually happened in the movie, I was just, I didn't really feel anything. I can kind of see that. For me, I always felt like Squirrel was just that one friend that's just always quiet, who always hangs around these guys because he has his entire life. Um, 
I was kind of the squirrel in a lot of groups growing up. I was insanely shy growing up until like towards the end of middle school and towards high school, but before all that, and even at different times, I was just the guy that just went along to parties, went along to things, and I was just like doing my own thing there, <laughs> not really talking to many people. And so like I kind of like bonded with squirrel a little bit where I'm like, I'm just that dude. I'm that dude that's just chilling, working where his friends are working, doing whatever his just friends there, are doing, just being there. <laughs> just trying to be around my friends at all times. And so I, I liked Squirrel's character. I definitely get what you're saying with it. And there's that death scene seemed a little out of place. I thought the acting around it was really good, especially like Zach Efron's reaction and them like not knowing their address because they just started living there yeah, and then calling the, the cops and like i thought it was decently acted around it but it did feel like really weird yeah it was kind of out of place and i don't know it to build off of that cole's cole's friends i just i i did not <laughs> like them I, I they suck they were holding him back throughout the whole movie i understand you know having friends and you know that group that is supporting each other and throughout the movie it felt like they were trying to hold him back into doing whatever they wanted to do. And whenever Cole was out trying to build his career and hanging out with Wes Bentley, they were like mad at him and they just, Mm -hmm. it wasn't really fun. Um, And also the editing in the movie, it felt all over the place and mainly because they would, you'd have one scene and then it would move on to the next scene and suddenly Zach would teleport. It felt like he was just, (laughs) he was everywhere all at once. And it was just, bizarre see and i thought the teleportation was because he was getting too drunk and getting too high and doing drugs because there was a lot of that in the movie and it did seem to happen like right as that fun part of the night hit well even during some daytime scenes like there's a scene where he's hanging out talking to wes bentley and uh was it sophie and suddenly the next scene he's just all of a sudden, his friends are hanging out. And it's like, oh, there he is. And it just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it just didn't feel... I understand, you know, scenes move like that sometimes, which just felt kind of weird, and I don't know. I, I can see that. Like, it's definitely, like, did... There was scenes that were jumpy. Like, there are scenes where it seems like it was on purpose, but there were some that think, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it made the feel, or the movie feel like it was kind of like a montage yeah. of scenes of about making EDM and then festivals and parties and it just kept kind of just you know montaging around just okay. jump 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 um another thing i'll say for the shooting of this movie is this shot this movie is very much shot with the male gaze in mind this has a lot of those angles that it seems like they're really trying to get you to look at the girls in this movie oh in yeah in a sexual like... manner like which i mean if you're into that thing it's nice they're pretty women but also it is just like eh, it's a little like too sometimes much sometimes <laughs> the shot the shots will linger a little longer than you're i guess comfortable with i don't know well there there's this the like the pool party scene it the camera zooms in on sophie and it is just looking straight at her midsection and just watching her body move back and forth and it just lingers there yeah, which Too I mean, long. he did talk about being able to control that area of her body. The yeah, scene with before. the music. So, and... I mean, it, it's it's kind of there. I see what they're going for, but it did just seem like it was just too much sometimes. But it was like almost every time she was on scene, they'd have a moment where the camera's just like on her chest or something. Yeah. And it was just, 
I don't know. It was a weird choice. Um, let's see. Shane's real estate business in this movie is so fucked up. And I hate that it's probably a real thing that happens in the real world. Oh, yeah, trying to kind of take advantage of people that are having problems with their homes and people whose houses are in foreclosure. They'll offer them like twenty or fifty thousand dollars to take take over their house. And then he says, like, oh, I'll let you rent it for me. And then he just turns around and sells it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a dirtbag move, and it's it's a weird business choice. But apparently, it was making him a lot of money. Which I mean, I could see how it does make him a lot of money. You spend, you buy a house for twenty or fifty thousand, you sell it for five hundred thousand. That's a huge <laughs> freaking profit every huge time. Profit. Um, I I do hate that they do have the trope. We already kind of talked about squirrel dying. The trope of having a friend die to motivate you. That is a yeah. true a trope in a lot of these movies. A lot of these troubled youth movies where they're trying to do something better with their life, one of somebody in the group has to die for the everyone in the group to move on with their lives, to do better things and to inspire them. Gotta have that emotional <laughs> punch to kick start the rest of the story, right? Yes. Um, one of my nitpicky things in this movie, just because I used to be a roofer, um, when they're putting on the roof of this house, he's putting in like 20 nails into one shingle. Yeah, he's just he just one spot, just going all the way down it, and it's just so many nails, six nails, six nails per shingle. (laughs) You don't need that many. It's so ridiculous, but what a waste it is. (laughs) But I really do like uh, one of the things I loved about this. Like we were talking about the uh, building of the song, him using the nail gun as like the clap sound. Yeah. And him using the electrical wire sounds and the helicopter and like all of these different things to make an organic sounding song. I mean, even the uh, breath of him running as a steady beat. I mean, it was yeah. really cool. The zipper of the jacket, like the way that they did sound in this movie and the entire soundtrack of this movie is just such a huge highlight. I've listened to the soundtrack so many times, which I will say the one huge downfall of the soundtrack is during the song Cole's Memory, the last song. It doesn't have Zac Efron talking in the oh, soundtrack. That's frustrating. So you don't get to hear the, oh, yeah, we're going to be better than this. That's like the whole part of the song. Like, that's the meaning of the yeah, song. I don't even think it has Squirrel's part in it. I think it just took out all the talking in uh, the song for the soundtrack version. I'm like, no! That's, that's disappointing. It's super disappointing. <laughs> the music was just, it, it's really good in this movie yeah this movie does really show homage to how songs are made how people put together how people use life experiences to put these songs together Mm -hmm. and what kind of can motivate someone to make music where i can see this as a lot as this is just something that just really loves their craft like this is a such a craft movie for that kind of genre. Like, if you're really, really into that kind of style of wondering what it's like to be a DJ, you might want to watch this movie. Yeah, it, it could give you some insight, you know, the Hollywoodized version of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you, like, didn't like or did like? Um, the last thing I'll talk about is uh, it's kind of a mix. It's both a highlight and a downfall, and it is the ending Summerfest scene, the last song that Cole plays. I, it was a powerful song, but when I listened to it, I never got that excited, 
feeling of like his triumph. I it felt a little underwhelming to me. Oh, okay. So like it wasn't a bad song, but I just I was a little underwhelmed by the ending. And but then the movie just you know ended, and I'm like, oh, well, that was it. It's a movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I love that song. <laughs> I love that part at the end of the movie. Um, another thing that I uh, did kind of enjoy was like their whole prepping before their night, before the first time they do the uh, the club. Um, they do that whole thing where they're going around talking to everyone about the party, um, and then they're cutting each other's hair, and then they're pre-gaming and like manscaping and stuff like that. And <laughs> As someone who used to live with a bunch of guys, I think we had six guys in the house at a time. Oh, wow. And um, one of the guys was a barber. There were times before we'd go out, he'd cut cut a couple of our hairs, and we'd take a shot or whatever before going out. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're ready to go. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling this. Like, I've had a lot of these experiences. This is kind of nice. <laughs> I think that's probably, this movie just has a lot of ties to me personally of a lot of memories that I have, which is why this movie is probably so good to me. All right. Well, uh, do you have any other final thoughts? Um, I don't. Oh, one of the other scenes that I really enjoyed was um, when Cole is like dealing with all these things and he's struggling with a lot of things and he's going out for this long run his music dies like his ipod dies and that's when he starts actually listening to the world around him and i thought the cutting of the music in the scene and just having it only hear just the subtle sounds around him was such a cool audio twist to that scene that just made that so amazing where I'm like, oh, he's he's got it. He's he just clicked right there. That's his moment. He figured out what he wants to do. <laughs> Finding his sound, it is a pretty inspirational moment. Very well done. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have about the movie. I um I feel like this is definitely gonna be one that you either love or you hate. And probably more than not, most people are gonna hate this. I just have personal ties to this movie oh yeah well i mean it was <laughs> it was still a, you know a fun experience to check out so again next week we're looking at the comparison of the nightmare on elm street original and remake and we will see you next time Woohoo! bye